tell you what, you guys are just totally awesome. Just blew us away with that. The food bank, when they came by, they were like surprised they had to take the, they took our buckets and they were able to bring them back. But it was amazing for what you did, stepped up and did what you did. It's amazing. I thank you for that. Um, people, this, this uh, holiday season for Thanksgiving is going to have some food because you guys have made a way for them to get something to eat. It's been one of the biggest years they've been having a need, and uh, they really just said thank you uh, for meeting that need. And um, we have plenty, we're in contract with them, so we have plenty of opportunities coming up to do some more. So, also, I want to thank the ladies for putting together the uh, Christmas tree, yeah. Christmas decorations. Of course, they didn't ask the guys to help because we messed things up. So, uh, they asked us, you want to help? And then we said, well, maybe. And they said, never mind. So, uh, they did all that, and it was a great thing. Again, our angel tree in the back, want to bless a child this. Uh, this uh, Christmas season. How many are ready for Thanksgiving? Four yays. How many are dreading Thanksgiving? How many are traveling this Thanksgiving? All right, we get to pray for you guys and head out and have some turkey, sweet potatoes. What else? Stuffing? Cranberry sauce? What else? Pumpkin pie? Sweet potato pie and cake. Is that all the food groups? And more cake. And if you're a guy, football. Right? That's it. If you're not a guy, I'm sorry. But we have to watch our football. And I hope the Dallas isn't playing that day, are they? Well, I want, I want okay. My wife said, don't go there. I, okay, since the message today is called Adoration, I adore the Dallas Cowboys. And my wife says, I'm standing in the pulpit lying. I adore the New York Jets. I, can, I think we, still have, we all have the same record. Amen. I want to walk you to Gratitude 101 and really remind you this is a season of giving. It's a season of having joy and really us taking joy to the world. And we just got through with the election year and probably wore a lot of people out. And if, depending on who you voted for, you're either highly excited or you're highly depressed. And really, we shouldn't get caught up with that because God calls us as believers to just pray. And, but I also believe that he's given us our greatest opportunity to, to really shine. As things are um, going around in circles, we have no idea. Reminds me back in the day, I think everyone forgot that Marvin Gaye, was a prophet because he had a song that came out and said, what's going on? And I listened to it the other day. I said, Lord, he should have sung this today. What is going on? And God said, it's your chance. It's your chance to shine. And what people really need this season is grace, love, and a thanksgiving soul that comes to their house. So I'm going to send you out this week with the turkey as missionaries. So you're going to have a good time this holiday season. I don't know about you. I got a lot of room to fill. I've been working a whole lot to get my turkey. So the word today is adoration. If you've been here the last few weeks, we talked about attitude, talked about last week appreciation. Today is adoration. And it's a big word, and I'm going to explain. I'm going to give you a definition of adoration. It's love given with deep affection. The term comes from the Latin word uh, adoratio, meaning to give homage or worship to someone or something, to give homage or worship to someone or some 
thing. And when we talk about the word adoration, it's really about worship. Who or what you worship will guide your life. As a Christ follower, worship is the heart of all that we are and all that we do. It's all that we are and all that we do. When I started preparing for this message, I got so convicted on just reading the scripture we're going to go to in Luke chapter 10. Because I don't know about you, um, sometimes I struggle with the sacred and the secular. That I have to stop and I have to get with God in my sacred moment. And somehow I just turn off and say, I got to go walk out in my secular moment. And I found out when I was reading this, there is no difference in that. And I was reading about this scripture that we're going to go through, Luke chapter 10, that worshipers are who we are, not what we do. When we know who we are, we'll know exactly what to do. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Now, if you ever go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10, this is the part where Jesus is heading into Jerusalem. They call it the Passion, that he's heading in, and this is time to go ahead, die on the cross, be risen, and then get it be ascend. But this point here, it talks about, it breaks out. If you look at the, in the chapter 10, it starts off as calling us as ambassadors from verses 1 to 24. Because you know that they sent the 72 out. Jesus sent 72 disciples out and gave them authority over demons to heal the sick, whatever they wanted to do to bring the kingdom of God to the people. And they came back, they celebrated, and they had a great time. The second one, he calls, and from um, 20, verses 25 to 37, he calls us neighbors. If you know the famous story about the Good Samaritan, he talks about how we are neighbors, how the Good Samaritan came and helped someone who was broken, uh, got hurt and beat up on the road. So he calls us ambassadors. He calls us neighbors. Now, when you get down to 38 to 42, he put that in there. Some of the writers say it make it topical, but we can't, do one, we can't be ambassadors. And we cannot be neighbors unless we're worshipers first. And that's why I want to spend my time in verses 38 to 42. It's a famous story. We know, how many know the story? You know in Sunday school, Martha and Mary. Right? And we talked, and we also preach this. You have to be a Mary. Don't be a Martha. And we always raise up one and we down the other. But when we start to read this, we'll see that we're supposed to be both. Because really, they're doing what their name calls them to do. If you know the word, the name Martha, it means lady of the house. And Mary means lady of wisdom. And when Jesus shares this story, he's talking to us today that we need wisdom and we need to work. We need to worship and we need to work. So let's go through the scripture. And I'm gonna have a, we're going to have a great time with this. Because really, we're worshipers. We're not talking about adoration. Remember, who you worship or what you worship will guide your life. Let's start in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And the woman's name was Martha. Welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. You want to circle that. Some of your books might say encumbered with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. 
But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. You know you're in trouble. Now, you're not really in trouble when Jesus called you Martha, Martha. You know, I'm in trouble at home when she said Richard Brown. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I'm in trouble now. And I say, mercy, mercy. Anyway, here we go. I don't know where I got is that. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. You want to circle that. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this moment, God. We had such a marvelous time in worship and praise, and God, I pray that we'll have a day of worship, worshiping you at the center of our lives. Holy Spirit, teach us to learn in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And what you look at this, you see Martha and you see Mary. And when I used to look at this story, I always thought about either or or. And it has nothing to do with either or or. It all has to do with balance and what I call harmony. Harmony. Because you see two contrasting people. Because they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Martha was busy serving Jesus. She was the head of the house. She was the older sister. Her brother, you know about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus was her brother. We know about Mary from Luke chapter 7, the one that came in and had the great throw the oil on him and, and washed his feet with her tears and her hair. That's Mary. She knows how to worship. But Mary was doing what she was called to do in those days as a disciple. You sit at the, at the rabbi's feet and you learn. So they weren't doing anything wrong. But Jesus was showing us in this story, it's about balance. It's about harmony. The reason why it convicted me so bad, because here's my thing. Working and being in the military 23 years, you get up, you get it done, you get it done. And work is at the center of everything you're doing. And I would say, even as a believer, oh, I got to stop work and I got to spend time with Jesus. And, okay, I did it. Now I'm going to go back to work. And when I felt that it was something to do, not who I am, it became work. Up until the point of a few months ago, I found out that I hit a wall because I was doing work for Jesus, preaching and teaching and doing all this, but I was neglecting the other portion. The reason why I was neglecting the other portion because I looked at it as something to do, not who I am. So when I get up in the morning, I don't know about you, I brush my teeth. Why? Because I need to. <laughs> Take a shower. Why? Because I what? Need to. When you look at the scripture, the reason why we need to be with Jesus in the morning because we need to. Now, we're going to look at how Martha was going with the story. Jesus was explaining the story. Because somehow, and this is an excuse we use all the time, and I use it too. I'm too busy to get with Jesus. See, it's not about being too busy because really work, if I kept on working, working became a distraction to what I'm supposed to be doing with him. So, as a worshiper, I need to get up in the morning 
and be with Jesus so my work will be straight. I don't need to make it sacred and secular. So when I know I need to and I love to because that's who I am, it becomes automatic like brushing my teeth. When I did it as a chore to check the box, I was good for three days. And you've been there good for three days and then you fall. You don't do it. Ah, make it up tonight. No, you don't. I'll do double tomorrow. Yes, and we work and we live with Christ under this condemnation. And it becomes a job, not an adventure. Making disciples is not easy. And you got to catch yourself that you don't become a robot because I need Jesus to show me how. And you're a worshiper. Let me explain some things to you. What we do with Christ is far more important than what we do for Christ. What we do with Christ. When I was working and I'm going to get with Jesus, I was, he wasn't in the work. I was in the work. You heard, Matt, you heard Martha. Can you someone help me? She was troubled. It all became about her, not about Christ. And she was doing the right thing. She wasn't sinning. She was serving Jesus. She was the head of the household. So when they came, hospitality was too. She was doing what she does. And she had, he had his disciples with him. She was making the meals. She was worrying about all those things. And it said when she got encumbered, she got so confused on what to do next. And Mary was doing what she was doing. And I'm going to bring these two together. Because this is the idea I've always had. I don't have time. My job doesn't give me the benefits of doing that. And I forgot. The reason why I have the job is because Christ put me there to make a difference. And this is the bullet I wrote. You're not losing time while you're feeding your soul. You're not losing time when you're feeding your soul. The holiday season is about to come. Everyone's going to unplug from work. Everyone's going to unplug from uh, studies and come back. And you know what happens, students, when you get back, all the work you miss because they got finals coming up and you got just two weeks spirit. And everybody says, I'm just going to get along this year, this month. Uh, this is my downtime. I'm going to get with Jesus. And we'll break the rule the minute you land wherever you landed. Unless you know it's not about getting, it's about being. First appointment every morning has to be with Christ because I'm a worshiper, worshiping out in my job, my family. Some of you are going, to some, going back to not some friendly places. And my family, I'm a worshiper going out and doing and being. It's automatic. I don't break the two up. John 15, 5 says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, is, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And he's talking about he's a vine. The branch has to be attached to the vine every day. Because after you detach from the vine, you see what happens to a plant. It starts to wilt. And maybe about a couple weeks, it just starts to die because it's not connected to any source. And that's a Christian life when you're disconnected from the vine. And we can do pretty good on three days automatic pilot. 
And then about the fourth day, you're starting to reason, why am I so edgy? And here's a good one. Why am I so tired and I haven't really done anything? I learned that as a minister. One of the things I can't can't be careful to replace is what we all do when we minister, virtue. I can get all the rest in the world, but if I don't replace the virtue that I give out, I'm just tired. I don't know why I'm tired. And I will do this. If you have a great day, I don't know about you, you're on the mountaintop, I'll take tomorrow off. Why? Because success kills us. It does. I'm reading about that in Second Chronicles, about the kings. But apart from him, we can do nothing. Because this is the fact, guys. Those who do not commune with Christ will do common things very well. But they will never carry out the authentic work of Christ. Because we don't know what he said for the day. One, I had a, we had a horrific accident happened in Okinawa, Japan. Had two F-15s collide. And we had to go on. They did an investigation. And we saw when it went bad. It went bad in the briefing room. Because one pilot didn't know the countdown to swing. So when he swung, because he didn't get the memo, or he wasn't there on time, he swung over the top of a cockpit and killed a guy. He missed the morning briefing. The morning briefing would have said, four seconds, departure. Count six, make your turn. I think a lot of us, when we leave home without Jesus, our morning briefing, we do a great work, but not effective work. Just talking about me. Not sharp. And we used to, we, what happens in America, we get upset when we, we say, well, don't make it like it's so mine. Don't make it like it's such a, a regiment. Yes, it is. Because you need this. I need this. And I'll be really doing you a disservice if I don't tell you about it. And how much it hurt, hit me when I did this message. Because I'm the one to get up in the morning, check, check, check. Or ah, two days later, I'll get to it. Oh, you got to preach a word on Wednesday. Okay. And I'm running on empty. And y'all saying, it's fantastic. And I'm like, I cut you up. You don't even know what I gave you. And it's the truth. It's the truth. And some of you, run, we run around doing ministry. We're, doing, we're busy, but we're not blessed. And it's easy if you, if you have great gifts because your gifts will keep you going. Until there's a higher level of calling, your gifts won't sustain you. Like I used to come here and sit at this door right over here. Pastor Jeff be up here preaching. I'm back there all, every day, every week. How many times you been in my, my Bible? <laughs> that morning. Too busy. And you can tell the difference who met you at the door that Sunday. If I was like this, he's full. If I'm like, if you just go on. He is empty. I'm filling a spot. Just filling a spot. Without spending time with Christ, one becomes anxious over ordinary, temporary matters. When you're getting to go home on vacation in your little time here, you'll notice, I don't know about your family, they get upset over little things. Really, it's a fly in the house. 
Really? Someone says something. Really, are we going to get bent out of shape for that? Because we will get caught up too in the ordinary. Martha got caught up in the ordinary, what she was doing. And look how, how her response to Jesus. Jesus, don't you even care? Or don't Mary care? Make her get up. Why? She wasn't communing. You become anxious without, without Christ in your life daily. You become anxious over little stuff. Little stuff. And I know that's the first thing you ask somebody when they come into your office. How's your, how's your um, devotional time? Well, we really haven't. I can tell. Because that's the number one thing. Because 20% things happen to us is 80% how we respond to it. Make sense? Now look at this. It says one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary he said. Now, I love this because it reminded me when I first met my wife 24 years ago. And I was going to cook her breakfast. And I had all the food groups. She looked in my fridge. Okay? I had Old English 800. That's yeast. I had um, some, what was that? Had some eggs. And I had Sunny Delight, which she kindly told me, that's not orange juice. <laughs> I thought it was orange juice. So I'm pulling all the stuff. I thought it was orange juice. I drank it, you know, in the morning. I didn't know. And then she said, what are you doing that mac? That, I can't say the name. That macaroni and cheese in, in the box. I thought I was living large. <laughs> then she, we started going out. Then I told her, yeah, you know, because I was so busy, I was consumed as a superstar Man in the, in the military. I was on a, t- on a team. I was on a world championship team. I was the man. But I was going every day to the hospital with blood pressure checks. Five days. And then when they go, five days, said, you need to come back again. Okay, I'll come back again. Staying on my diet. A little fried chicken, OE, and some uh, Sunny Delight. Had all the food groups. I was doing well. Miss <laughs> Donna said, one thing is necessary. We're going to take you off that diet. She said, that's the one thing we need to do or you will not be here by next year. And she told me about how to make fresh macaroni and cheese. Then I discovered what real orange juice was. (laughs) And and I love Hot Pockets until she talked about them. I don't want them things anymore. She said, I can make you a real pocket. <laughs> so what happened to my blood pressure? It went down. I got healthy. So Jesus was saying to Martha, guys, the one thing necessary for us, the one thing necessary before you start your day, the one thing necessary is that you get at Jesus with Jesus. And hear his word. That's what Mary was doing. She was sitting there listening to the word of God. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. That hurts because I love to eat. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this is Jesus quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. When he was being tempted in the garden with, with, uh, with the devil. 
about get you some, turn those rocks into bread. He said, no. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8.3 is talking about when we go into the land and, Jesus gives, and God gives us the land and blesses us. Do not forget where it came from. And don't try to live off your own merits. Live off every word from the mouth of God. Because success will kill us. Blessings will hurt us if we don't know how to handle it. We'll walk by our gifts, but not by empowered by Jesus. And that's what it says. Feeding on and obeying God's word. That is the most necessary thing now on the planet. Because when we get when, and know what Jesus is saying, our response to circumstances in this world will be different. I don't know about you, this last year was just horrendous. It wasn't about the politicians. It was about the people, our believers responding to what was going on. I read an article from Tim Kelly. He says, what happened is to us, we turned to politics. That became our idols. Because when they are doing well in the poll, we're celebrating. When they go down, oh, my gosh, it's going under. He said, we should have kept our eyes on Jesus, not on, this, not on the political system. And, and Facebook, I keep hearing, oh, my gosh, worshiping a system. Having adoration for a candidate. You ever see the, those uh, rallies they have? People are crying. But that's nothing bad for that because they're saying they're looking for hope. And guess the ones who have hope? Guess who needs wisdom on to reach these folks? Us. It's amazing. It wore me out. Our response. Our only response, guys, to help you out in these times today, and like it says in Romans 13, just pray. Like, not like, we act like God doesn't know what's going on. He's God. In fact, he's probably given us what we ask for. Just pray. Honor. You should be honor. You should honor your adults. It didn't matter who was president or who was senator. You honored them. We prayed for them. Because we believe God will change them. Why? Because we pray. We pray like it's up to God to do it. And we work like it's up to God to do it. We work unto the Lord, not for him, unto. It's a good quote by Charles Spurgeon. It says this. It is an unspeakable mercy that one thing needful is a very simple one, to sit at Jesus' feet in humble submission and quiet rest. He is the master and I am the little child, I the vessel waiting to be filled, and he my fullness. We're vessels needing to be full. He is my fullness. The last thing that Jesus ends on this, this, uh, on this story is your portion will never be taken away from you. It says this, portions of life will be taken away, but time spent with him will never be taken away. Psalms 73, 26. Look at this. Remember, we're vessels to be full. Psalms 73, 26. Do you have that, sir? If not, I got it. 
Someone got their uh, thing working. Here we go. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion sometime. What does it say? Forever. I love the word forever because I always ask, what does forever mean in the Greek? How about the Hebrew? Forever, forever. And you know, I was, when I did this story, I was like, man, there's some of us that believe and say, yeah, you just, Pastor Rich, all you're doing is really um, is reminding me. I don't know about you, but it was a revelation to me. But I remember, and there's some here that I remember that uh, whenever I go through a jam, if I don't go after Jesus first, what are y'all looking at? Please, now, don't tell my age. If I'm going through a jam, I was going through a jam, sometime I would be reluctant. I would go over the place first, try everything else first before I got to Jesus. I used to be the one when I was a young guy. How you doing? Fine, I'm just waiting on the answer. They say, from who? I said, man, I guess I got to wait for God. And I remember one guy said, that's fascinating, man, because he knows everything. But I don't know about you. I was looking at this, and when my um, growing up, when I was a teenager, I think about 74, 75, I lost a lot of people in my life. And what I would do, because I wouldn't say anything, you know, what I would do, oh, yeah, I remember this. I would go, if you didn't know this, this is a, these are 45s. This of cost 35 cents to get a record. What I would do, I wouldn't say anything. Because I lost my mother and my father, lost my aunts and uncles. What I would do is just turn into music. I would worship music. I worship Earth, Wind, and Fire. Every time they came, I spent a lot of money on them. You know, they came to New York twice. You know, what I would do, I would get um, feeling pretty good, and i go. And I'll tell you how I felt a little good. i just go, let's go. But that's what I did. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry I didn't grow up saved. And I, what I would do, I will go in my room, and I would go down to a record store and I buy records. At this time, every month someone came out with a new song. And these are 45s. They only last about maybe two minutes. And I would, uh, when I was depressed, I would put on um, How Love Hurts by the Silvers. Then I, uh, when I felt like I was strong, I put on Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. <laughs> And then if I had, really, and I was having hard problems, I'd go ahead and listen to You and Me by Stylistics. <laughs> and then, and if I had a problem, really, I was deeply hurt, I would go to the soul generation, so that's the way it's got to be, body and soul. What I was doing, I was worshiping music. I had adoration for music, but I wouldn't talk to anybody. If I was depressed, I'd put this on. If I think I'm going through hard times, I put that on. I put this on. But I wouldn't go to the true source. I love music. I love all kind of genre music. I love the Doobie Brothers. I like Michael McDonald. I believe he's a brother. You just don't know it. <laughs> and um, I will put these on. Some like you guys. Depression. Yeah, I'll put this on. I'll call somebody. Maybe they can help me. Got a bad situation going on. I'll try this. 
if uh, the past is killing me right now because it's a, it's a holiday time and it's really tough right now because I, I, when I think about holidays, I just think about how negative things went. I'll try this. Maybe I'll try some alcohol. Or maybe I'll just try a little meth. This was me. Maybe I'll try a little cocaine. Maybe, till you get to the end of them, there's nothing left to try. Maybe I'll just try ending it. When we talk about worship, one thing is needful in our lives, and I don't care where you are in your walk, because I can tell when people aren't um, studying the Bible, they're studying the Bible for knowledge but not relationship because you become very prideful of all the stuff you know. But I know when I start to really study this Bible, one thing is necessary, it keeps me humble. It reminds me where I came from. And I don't forget where a lot of other people come from. But I know this holiday season is tough. And the reason why we built this message around this point is because we want you to go to the one that you don't need these things, alcohol. You don't need Coke. You don't need um, meth. You need Jesus. And we all need Jesus on a daily basis. A lot of us, we wait to maybe Sunday morning to get our fix on. But I don't know about you. The last time I checked, this is an everyday, 24 hours a day thing. And I've read something here before. In John chapter 4, we said that today, 23 and 24. The Father is seeking those to worship him in spirit and truth. He's, it, it, it says today is now. Now is the time to meet him. What I know about being in Abilene, Texas, we get caught up in the style and the, how we, the form how we worship God. Some clap their hands, some don't. But he's saying right now, I don't know about you, and I want to tell this to the whole church, the way everything is going, we need to focus our praise and worship only on him. Forget how it looks. Because he was telling the Samarians, they said, we got the form of worship. The Jews said, we go down here to the temple and worship. And he was saying this, you're both off. Because the one that you should be worshiping is me. Because I'm the one that will take the pain. And that's why I hope for us to be worshipers so we can be ambassadors. And we can be neighbors. When you go to... One thing is necessary to find Jesus in the scriptures daily. Don't be like me. I was doing it to find out how to preach. I was doing it to find out how to lead. I was doing it, but I wasn't doing it to fill. And when I started to fill my life with him, on the way out the door, on the work, I started working with Christ, not for Christ. And then I work like it's up to him to bring it to pass. Because I can do a lot of things. I'm talented in some things, but talent only takes me so far. Don't settle for the substitutes. Don't sell, only sell for the authentic. This holiday season, fill up with Christ every day. Every day.
Because one thing is necessary for us to change the world is us walking in Christ, not walking for Christ. Because he has all the wisdom to help us. Why don't we all stand?